we've we've restarted about three times now, or we've false started, or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what the hell we're talking it's about. It's that kind of night. Oh lord, this is this is episode twenty nine and nine. Twenty thousand and nine. Yes. Phil, bring us in. <laughs> Can you fucking believe it? That was uh that was an intro by um Sir Ben Kingsley. <laughs> Uh, I think it was more like a character from Family Guy, or maybe the critic. Yeah. Mold, poison, I mean tea. Oh, the, the critic. Okay. Almost got me there. The critic. If anybody out there has not seen the critic, you have to watch it. It is like the best cartoon ever. It's like Especially a cross between for film lovers. Yeah, yeah. It. I love the intro where. Uh, I'm doing a special screening just for you down at the docks at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call the police. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> <laughs> Where is this going? All right. We I don't, don't know. All right. We just both did the little fist bump thing like we're uh, judges. Against and, our knees. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So anyway. Durr. This is Can You Fucking Believe It? Um, I'm stalling for time right we now. We're a podcast. Discussing film and cinema and the movie. The movie? The movie. (laughs) (laughs) From located in one Denver, Colorado. Oh, yes. Jolly good. Jolly, (laughs) jolly good. (laughs) So that's us. Yeah, Um, so anyway, whatever. For those of you that demand an intro. Oh, by the way. I have to, I have to uh, say right off the top, we finally got a fucking email. And but, we've been begging uh, for it for like weeks and it's weeks and weeks. somebody who normally calls you. Right, but still, it was not, it was not <laughs> solicited unless you count the podcast where we basically <laughs> tell people we will pay them to fucking email us. Hey, hey, you may, I'm not. <laughs> but no, we finally, we did get an email. And thank you very much. You know who you are. Uh, so if you do, no, you know who you are, or you don't. Wow, very meta. <laughs> okay. Anyway, yes. <sighs> Phil, don't give me that look. I can feel your look. <laughs> Steaming with disdain. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So we did get the email, but the suggestion to do the uh, the National Lampoon thing is going to have to wait till next week because. Uh, I was too lazy to watch the movie. Me too. I downloaded it and everything. Me too. Just didn't watch it. Pretty much. So, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and it's not like I had anything better to do either. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm just like, oh, well, maybe I'll play Frontierville on Facebook. Oh my god. You know, whatever. <laughs> Treasure Isle. Yeah. I need a red gem. <laughs> and whatever. <laughs> Oh. Okay, so hey, we're a little off topic. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's uh, let's do the first one. Uh, what do we got here? I don't know. What did you want to talk about? Well, do you want to do one that we've both seen, or one that uh, either one of us have seen? Does it really matter? Sir? Probably not. Just pick something. Okay, fine. You know what? I will pick Hot Tub Time Machine. Hot Tub. Time. Hot Tub Time Machine. Indeed. Which so? was. <laughs> One of the most vulgar movies I think I've ever seen. Um, That's saying something, friend. Well, I mean, aside from, you know, okay. Anyway. (laughs) um, Aside from the unrated Caligula. Hey, whoa. (laughs) 
Well, yeah. <laughs> I was even going further than that, but okay. Um, I so anyway, I'd clean it up a little. Yeah, yeah. Like Bob I said, Guccione's good at cleaning things. Oh, up. totally. Yeah, he's got a fucking mop, right? <laughs> you. Oh, that was gross. <laughs> Oh, that uh, was... Uh, I don't even... Yeah. Did you realize you were making that joke? Yes, I did. Oh, it's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so oh, Hot Tub Time Machine. Hot Tub Time Machine. Let's John bring Cusack. it back to the... Uh, yeah. Um, to, uh, <laughs> that was an I just, I just, I just uh, fucking vapor locked there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta pull off to the road. <laughs> anyway, so very vulgar. Um, uh, the, it... Like, basically, I think they use F-bombs in that movie just to use them. Um, but, at the same time, I've heard people that talk like that all the time. So, it's like, uh, you know, I guess true to life or something. So, anyway, there's these four guys, three of whom were friends in high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, they decide that they are going to go back to this ski resort that they went to when they were, like... 20, 21, something like that. Right. To relive their high school days. One of the one of the guys, the fourth guy, is this young kid who's uh, John Cusack's nephew. Uh-huh. And so they take him with, and, uh, you know, hilarity ensues. And Obviously. It? Well, some of it was actually pretty funny, but uh, some of it was just weird and, like, kind of gross and... I don't know. It was like, and I, I think I said this before we went on the air. Like, I was like, uh, it's sort of like a super more vulgar version of forty year old virgin. Yeah, it's sort of that type of humor, you know. Yeah. And uh, but basically, what happens is, is they go back in time. They're in their old bodies, so nobody knows that they're adults that went back in time. They're still in their same bodies that looked like the twenty year old versions of them. Makes sense. And. Oh, totally right. Um, and then uh, they have to like, uh, they sort of have to like continue on the same path that they did when they were in tw- when they were back in the you know twenty years old. Well, that's Otherwise, no they would fun. fuck everything up or whatever. And Chevy Chase makes this weirdest cameo. Hey, Chevy Chase cameos are the best. Well, yeah. Okay, watch the movie. Um, <laughs> I'm just I, saying he's the best part of Dirty Work. <laughs> well, sure, but it's kind of the same thing as Dirty Work, actually. Yeah. Like, he just shows up out of nowhere, kind of, and he, he plays this, um, he plays the hot tub repairman who, um, knows that it's a time machine. Oh. And, uh, gives him, gives him these real weird cryptic clues, like, it'd be good if you, uh, got back in the hot tub before the, the sun came up. He's like, and the young kid's, like, talking to him, he's like, uh, so do you mean that, like, we have until sun up? To make it work, he's like, I'm just saying, get in there before the sun comes up or whatever. And it's like, he's like, God damn it, would it kill you to give me a straight answer? And it was sort of making fun of the whole cryptic, you know, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, well, Hot Tub Time Machine. Is it good? Is it bad? Yeah, no, I, I actually, no, it's fine. Give us the skinny, man. Well, you know, here's the straight dope, my friend. I don't know where that came from. It's anyway. 1994, and I'm giving you the dope. <laughs> no, it was funny. It was, and I think that John Cusack is fairly—he's uh, a fairly reliably entertaining guy. Like he—I don't know. Sometimes I find his manicness 
more than a little annoying. Yeah. See, for me, like, I think that John Cusack, honestly, like, I'll pretty much watch what he's in. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go, oh my God, John Cusack's new movie's coming out. I'm going to, you know, I don't think paint my nails and run out, you know. Yeah. But paint your nails. I don't know where that came from. But anyway, um, yeah, I, you know, but I, he's, to me, he's fairly reliably entertaining. And when he does comedy, he's pretty funny. I think he has a knack for surrounding himself with funny people because, like, gross point blank, I never thought he was that funny. The key for me is the father. Oh, totally, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. beat the volume, I lose my bet. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that joke. No. Yeah. It's the best line. You, uh, yeah, you beat the millennium, I lose my bet. That's awesome. <laughs> Never looks up from his magazine. It's the best. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but um, <laughs> anyway, like I think he's fairly, uh, yeah, fairly re- reliably entertaining. I mean, sometimes you get uh, American sweethearts or whatever. Oh yeah, there's exceptions for everything. Yes. Oh yes, but you know, I mean, he, he he was even. I don't know. He was. He even sort of made me chuckle a little bit in Con, con Air. God damn. Excuse me. I'm a little gassy right now. Oh, well, I'll move over to that yeah. chair. So. Yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, even in, even in Con Air, he made me kind of chuckle. You yeah, know. nothing in that movie made me chuckle. Oh, Phil and me do not agree on Con Air. It's Just so you know, most- listeners retarded film ever made. Really? The most retarded film? Yeah, it's worse than Plan 9 from Outer Space because at least wow. Plan 9 from Outer Space is funny. Okay, we're not talking about ironically funny here, are we? Yes, we are. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay. Because Con Air is just so bad, and they're going for so bad it's good with the, like, the Malkovich thing, and the, oh, it just never get it doesn't hit that mark, and it just flies off into really shitty territory. Oh, man, come on. Con Air? I mean, that was like the anti-Michael no... Bay film, being a Michael Bay film. The anti-Michael Bay film? Yeah, yeah. It was like, you know, the camera slides around, and there's lots of explosions and everything else. And Sounds I like Michael Bay to me. Seems to me like everybody knows that, the you know, they're doing basically crap. Well, maybe they're more honest with themselves in that <laughs> movie, but... <laughs> but but oh. just because you know you're doing crap doesn't make it any less crap. Well, yeah. I'll give you that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll concede that particular point there. Who's the girlfriend? Is it Faith Hill, or did she just do the song to that? No, it's um, that, oh God, that stupid stamp out one of these other blonde chick. Indeed. Whatever. But no, the the one that did the song was... Um, Who's uh, Faith Hill? No, well, there was two versions of it. It I was... It was um, anyway. Whatever. God, Con why Air. did we go in Con Air? Because we talk about John Cusack. Con Air, piece of dreck. Avoid it at all costs. You're wasting your life if you spend a moment. Hey, Malkovich, heads up! Bang. (laughs) Now that's a good movie. Now that's a funny movie. Another John Cusack. Oh, but by the way, yes. John Cusack actually produced Hot Dub Time Machine. (laughs) His uh, his company, uh, New Crime, Uh produced Hot Tub Time Machine. 
He's listed as an executive producer, and basically all he does the entire movie is swear and uh, get high. Like, that sounds like a perfect fucking job to me. <laughs> well, it doesn't sound like the most challenging acting job. Well, yeah, yeah, you taken. know, whatever. But, yeah, okay, so final verdict? Final, final verdict on Hot Tub Time Machine. It was funny. Um, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't... Because, okay, hot... Uh, ooh, Jesus Christ, I can't even talk anymore. Um, 40-Year-Old Virgin, to me, was one of those movies where it was like, that was a really fucking funny movie, right? And I was like... I thought it was hilarious. Mm. Hot Tub Time Machine, funny enough, but not like... Special. Yeah. Nothing special. Just garden yeah. variety. Like. Just garden variety, lots of cussing, and there's a joke <laughs> where the guy puts hand soap on his face and makes pretend it's cum. Uh, yeah, you know. Well, this sounds like a distinguished film. Oh, totally. This is <laughs> class, Phil, all I the way. Classy. All the way. Oh. I don't even know what that accent was. I don't know either. Okay. Next. <laughs> uh, I went to see Iron Man Do. Iron Man Part Do. Indeed. And? Um, it certainly didn't match up with the original. They were trying, and it just didn't quite work. Felt overlong. A lot of the energy felt forced. Like in the original, like in the first one, there's there's a lot of playback and and the you know the back and forth dialogue and it's kind of cutesy. Right. And in this one, it feels really like we're gonna make it cutesy. Yeah. <laughs> like well, see, and that's the thing. It's like for me, and I told you this before we we started recording. Is like there was two movies this summer that I really wanted to see, which was Iron Man two mm-hmm. and the A Team. And yes, talk all the shit you want. About, not you, Phil, but listeners. Uh-huh. Yes, uh, you know, Iron Man 2 and A-Team. Yes, those are the movies I wanted to see. Hmm. So anyway, whatever. the A-Team was a bomb. Whatever. The A-Team will never be a bomb. No, this anyway, was. So anyway. Um, so it, yes. was, it seemed to me like one of those movies where it's like, the, the energy from the first one, or sort of like the vibe from the first one, was yeah. a really good one. Like, people, that's why people liked it, right? Right. Yeah, because it was, you know, it had a good vibe, it was kind of funny in parts, it had good action, whatever. But then, on the second one, they're going to try and force that. Yeah. So is that what happened? Yes. Most Lame. And, you know, I mean, certain parts enjoyable, certain parts you're just like, uh, move on. <laughs> Phil does the tapping his watch in motion. Uh, Yes. um, I must say, there is something deeply wrong with, and now I've forgotten his name, Um, Gary Shandling. Okay. There's something deeply wrong with him. Why? I don't know. I think he's had far too much plastic surgery. Really? Yes. He plays a senator. He's in the trailer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He wants to get the Iron Man uh, machine turned over to the government. And his mouth is like permanently like this, like fish lips, like all the time. He's like, I want to talk to Tony Stark. And, and it's really uncomfortable. Like, I love Gary Shandling. I love Gary Shandling. It's Gary Shandling's show, dude. Indeed. Or the Larry okay. Sanders show. Right, right. Either way. Um, but there's just something wrong with his face now. Yeah, wait, see, that's, that's weird to me. Why would Gary Shandling have that much plastic surgery? He was always a guy that was sort of like 
self-depreciating and like saying that he was True. not a good-looking guy. Of course, and whatever. Yeah. Why would Tim Allen get so much plastic surgery? But he did. Really? Like, Tim Allen does not look like the same guy. Really? Yeah. Wow. I need to get back on the interwebs. <laughs> Apparently, I, I'm like way behind the time. Find the plug to check yeah. back in. What the hell is going on out there? But, uh, you know, Mickey Rourke is enjoyable. Uh, what's her name? Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson. Nothing. Ooh. She has nothing to do in the movie. No. Scarlett Johansson. No. What? No. Uh, no? No. What? No. Really? No. Oh, you're fucking wrong. Scarlett Johansson's hot. I'm sorry for all the girls I'm breaking their hearts out there right now. Oh, you are. Nice. I'm totally am. <laughs> all, all the all the female listeners are like, I thought you were in love with me. <laughs> that is right. Half of our audience is your exes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> That might be the cue for a cigarette break, actually. Okay, we're done for a second. Jesus, Lord. And we're back. So, friends, Iron Man. <laughs> Iron Man 2. Let's discuss. Let's discuss. So, the, the plot is essentially that it, it kind of jumps off almost exactly where the old one, or the first one, ends. And Tony is, like, going crazy and taking care of the world, and... and um. What's his name? Mickey Rooney. Mickey, Mickey Rooney? Wow. <laughs> they dug him up, huh? Um, Mickey Rourke is, uh, you know, his father's dying and he, and he vows to take revenge on... Um, Why, though? Like, what happened? Like, Because his father is, was the co-inventor of the power oh, the, okay. cell. Okay, gotcha. The arc, whatever it is. Gotcha. Something or other. Anyway, um... And uh, his, uh, Rourke's father, or no, wait, um, Stark, uh, blah, 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 blah. wait, okay, rewind. Stark's father had uh, Rourke's father deported <laughs> back to Russia. Um, Fucking commies. <laughs> and uh, so he's all pissed off, shows up in Monaco, does his whole little. Shows up in Monaco. Yes. Yeah, you know, because, you know, Monaco is the hot spot of. Uh, World uh, politics. He's there doing a race. Okay, whatever. Okay. Um, and so, uh, Sam... What the fuck is his name? Not Sam. I don't know. God, the guy from Galaxy Quest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> that guy. And Charlie's Angels. What's his name? Whatever. Just continue. Anyway, this is, we, we don't have to have this much dead air anymore. We, we figured out how to do this podcast thing, I thought. Well, apparently not, since I'm brain farting all over the place. We should do it more often. Sam, um, um, his name is Sam something. Anyway. Whatever. He's the other villain. He gets Mickey Rourke out of jail and uh, puts him to work making more Iron Mans. Iron Men? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> For this rival uh, weapons manufacturer. And... Um, Yada yada yada, chaos ensues. Iron Man saves the day. Yada yada yada. Um, that's well, about the story. Okay then. It's not so inspired. Where's, where's uh, Scarlett Johansson in this whole thing? Yowza. She is like the assistant to Samuel L. Jackson. What? Really? 
Yeah, yeah. She's... And I don't know the whole Justice League, whatever the fuck it is thing, comic book. But uh, Samuel L. Jackson plays the guy who's, like, organizing this team of superheroes. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I can't remember. He's got, he's got actually got a, he's got a comic book No, himself. he's a, yeah, no, yeah, it's, um... Nick fucking, Cage? Or uh, Nick Fury? Maybe. Something? Anyway, so, yeah, and... Uh, um, the guy with the thing at the mm-hmm. place? I don't know what... Um... Wow, but the it, energy really went down here. <laughs> okay. You were so, the one who wanted the smoke break, friend. Uh, oh, well, fuck you then, too. Um... So yeah, it's not it's not like god awful, but it's a bit of a disappointment after the first one was so good. Yeah, and I think that you know when you force the energy, like you like okay, so you have this one movie that like for whatever reason, and who knows? Okay, who knows how it all comes together? The alchemy comes together. right, right. You know, but like it all comes together, and it, it you know it sounds good or it looks good or whatever. Right. But then the second one, it's like you try to recapture that, and it's like, well, you didn't really do such a good job. Yeah, and it rarely works. It very rarely works. I think, honestly, the one movie I can say that sort of took the energy of the first one and uh, sort of made it work again, as weird as it sounds, is Batman Returns. Well, because that was more of a Tim Burton movie than the first one. True, very, very true. But it wasn't the energy of the first one. It was Tim Burton actually having control rather than John Peters and Peter Cooper. Yeah, but I'm just, I'm just saying that like the the sort of the vibe you got from the first one, right? In that second one was even just more there. Well, yeah. But sort of that's one of those ones where you either love it or hate it. (laughs) I mean, really. Uh huh. And, and it I even says it. so in the book. Uh-huh. And the book, by the way, is the video, movie hound. The video hound golden movie retriever. Yes. The ultimate. The in book. Home movie guides. The book. It's not just called uh, the movie hound for me and Phil. It's called the book. The book. Because it's fucking enormous. It's like 2,300 <laughs> pages. I know, right? And, like, and on top of that, one time, do you remember... <clears throat> I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here. Prepare yourselves. Uh, we uh, went through it. We went through every director in the director index. Correct. Marked off every movie of theirs that we had seen. Correct. And counted off later. Correct. And let's see. Both of us had seen over 2,000 movies. Correct. I'm over 3,000 now. I haven't done it in quite a while, but I... I haven't done it in a couple of years, but yeah. Oh, good lord, you're probably over 4,000 at this point, right? <laughs> hey, hey. So, um, you know what? In case you wonder if we're qualified to do this podcast, fuck off. Because <laughs> that doesn't mean we can talk. Or... Nobody is qualified to do a podcast at all anyway, because what difference does it make? We decide our qualifications. Exactly. Terms. We decide them. Um, <laughs> Iron Man, I'd give it a middling thumbs up. Kind sort of, of like a C plus maybe. Yeah, yeah, C plus B minus somewhere in there. Yeah. Okay. Um, not great, not terrible. I don't know. That sucks though because like honestly, I remember seeing because Iron Man and Dark Knight came out the same year. Correct. And I remember thinking that 
I even liked Iron Man a little bit better than Dark Knight, just because it was more fun. I like Iron Man a lot better than Dark Knight. Well, we, we know that you are not exactly a Dark Knight fan. It's just not that great. Well, but the thing I, I don't like understand that, how that's like the second biggest movie of all time. It just doesn't compute with me. It's well, I think that I mean I, I get it. Like I get the like where they were going with that, and yeah. like they really got there where uh-huh. they were going. But at the same time, Iron Man was a lot more fun. A lot more fun. Like you watch that movie and you go. This is enjoyable. Indeed. Whereas Dark Knight, you're almost like, oh my god, this is almost like a marathon just to get through it. <laughs> now, it is, I will say that, you know, these Marvel movies now, they always have uh, a lead-in to whatever their next movie is after sure. the credits. Right. So with um, The Incredible Hulk, at the end, if you stay past the credits, Tony Stark is there. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, so in this one, they find Thor's hammer Ooh, spoiler alert. Is it? Everybody knows that they're making the fucking movie. Kenneth Branagh, I don't know. I really don't I, know I about have, that. I have mixed feelings about a Kenneth Branagh action picture. Well, does anybody out there remember um, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein? Hey, I like that movie. Then what are you complaining about? <laughs> it's going to be the same fucking movie. <laughs> no, it's not. That was a $30 million gothic horror picture. This is a $110 million comic book action No, picture. it's going to be the same movie. Okay, no, this is something we have to talk about. Explain yourself. This is going to be the same fucking movie because it's not just going to be a $30 million gothic horror movie. It's going to be a $110 million comic book movie that's made in the exact same style because for whatever reason, Kenneth Branagh thinks that basically excitement equals hyperactivity. This is true. So, what you're going to see is you're going to see Mary Shelley's Frankenstein in about, say, I don't know, 70% of the movie. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to see CGI in the rest (laughs) of the movie. And then it'll probably be like the, the, you know, the assistant director or the, uh, you know, director of uh, effects or whatever directing those parts of it. Right. So you're going to see Mary Shelley's Frankenstein crossed with... Uh, some effects? Some effects, yeah. Yeah. And really, Thor, I mean, nobody cares about Thor anyway, really. I don't know. I never read any comic books when I was a kid. I did, and I mean, I just read that... Um, so I don't know what's big and what's... <laughs> I don't well, know what's it. Hey, I'm I don't know what these crazy kids are doing these days. Well, pretty much. Ow, goddamn dog. Um, I don't know. Thor, well, I will. I am reserving judgment, but at the same time, I pretty much think that I can call it on that one, because, I don't know, like... Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, and I have to call it Mary Shelley's Frankenstein because that's what that's he called the it. Title. Yeah, right. But um, and what's the joke? Mary Shelley wants to take her name off. Right, right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, um. <laughs> so at any rate, what's not particularly movie? looking forward to Thor. There Just that—that's my recap. What else did we watch? You watched next. Oh, yeah. The uh, Nicolas Cage, Jessica Biel, Julianne Moore, directed by E. Tamahori. Oh, Masterpiece. God. You know what? Okay. 
Let's see. There's about three different ways I'm going to go with this on this particular review. Go ahead. Okay. Lee Tamahori apparently got his directing license out of a fucking Cracker Jack box. Hey, come on. He's made some very good pictures. Like what? Just not recently. <laughs> <laughs> like? Well, what? Uh, he, the, his, the picture that got him out of New Zealand was Once Were Warriors. Very good movie. He made the James Bond picture... World is not enough. Oh yes, he did, which was not a good movie, by the way. Was it World is not enough? No, it wasn't. It was um, uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. No, that was John Spottis Woody. Oh, you're right. Um, Maybe it was Die Another Day. I think it was Die Another Day, which was awful. Don't look at me like that. It was awful. Um, Dead air. You're a crazy man! You're a crazy person, Phil. Wait, did I have another day? Which one was that? You know what? I'm going to just play up the whole, like, I'm the dumbass on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, because we really have to believe you're playing it up. Um... Very <laughs> ouch, Phil. <laughs> it's all a charade. It, yeah. It's, it, this is all play acting, people. We are like theater majors that decided that we... <laughs> ho, ho! Wait, no, I'm just dumb. Oh. Um, so anyway. Die Another Day was the one with Madonna and uh, the Halle Berry. The Halle Berry? Yes. Well, the Halle Berry is pretty awesome. Not really. No, not really. <laughs> um, but anyway, like Lee Tamahori. And, uh, I mean, okay. he's made some bad pictures. Yes, he has. Well, Triple X, State of the Union. Oh, God. Yeesh. Yowch. Well, I will say that this particular picture, next, by the way, if you forgot what we were talking about ten minutes ago, uh, <laughs> it counts as one of his not-so-good pictures. I would say so. It's um, uh, Nicolas Cage, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm okay. just of the opinion that, here's, here's my thoughts on the picture. Jessica Biel should probably never be cast in anything that doesn't have hardcore sex in it. I'm um, with you on that. <laughs> Nicholas Cage is so hit or miss. It's God, like well, sometimes he manages... I, I don't know if he's just Michael Caine-esque where he'll just take anything and just, uh, let's roll the dice and see what happens. Right. Or if he's just like, eh, I can see the future. Cool. Sure. That's awesome. But, well, in his... I mean, and this is going to sound like very nitpicky and weird, but like just the fact that he had like this super <laughs> weird like... Long hair. Uh, he never looks good with long hair. I yeah, and you know, it, it, it's Nick weird. Cage, if you're listening, just shave your head or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, it's never a good idea. But no, it was so distracting, and that was just like the weirdest thing to me that like I even cared about like what his hair looked like. Right. Because there were so many other problems with this movie. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, really, the, the the weirdness of the plot point that he could what only see. What was it like? Two minutes two into the minutes future. Two minutes into the future. But see, here's the weird thing. The exception was Jessica Biel. He could see into her future or some weird shit. Like they never really explained that. That got on my nerves because they didn't try to explain no, it. No, they didn't at all. It's like uh, he he thought that like he could see into her future longer, or if he was with her, then he could see into the future longer, mm-hmm. or something. And then at the end, oh my god, like. Okay, so the terrorists blow up L.A. Harbor. and um, Did anyone notice? Yeah, I was going to say, like, anyone would care. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, L.A. 
<laughs> anyway. Or San Pedro. I don't know. Yeah, it's San... What? <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. Anyway. What? Anyway. Um, so, he... So, yeah. I, I, he goes through this whole scenario of, like, if he did this, this would happen. If he did this, this would happen. And, like, the the uh, the point was, is that you were trying... That he was supposedly going through all these scenarios, like... Okay, if I do this, oh wait, this bad thing happens, I'll back up, I'll try it again, I'll do something else. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, basically, he doesn't do anything anyway. Like, he doesn't solve the problem. He doesn't catch the terrorists. And then it rewinds all the way back to when he's in the hotel room with Jessica Biel. Mm -hmm. Retorted! Which was awesome, by the way, because I would rewind back when I was with Jessica Biel. Get your mind out of the gutter, senor. Damn it. I am just way too, (laughs) uh, you know, Jessica Biel oriented right now. Okay. Um, Yeah, anyway. So, he doesn't solve anything. He doesn't. The movie rewinds all the way, like, halfway back to the movie. And they're like, oh, I guess that was the wrong path to take. Right. And it's like... Poi, poi. What the fuck was that? Like, oh, you're going to start over now all of a sudden? After all of that, ugh. And that yeah. big special effect at the end was cheap. Oh, yeah. Well, and one thing, too, <laughs> that we talked about when we were having the smoke break is that Julianne Moore really did not want to be in that movie. No, no. She was clearly she, like, I am in this movie to pay my mortgage. Yeah, no, you she... You can see the future. You can right see here. the future, Nicolas Cage. I am an FBI agent. We have to stop the terrorists. Oh, God, it was awful. Like, you could just tell looking at her going, yeah, you know, she's thinking the whole time, God, I'm better than this. What am I doing? <laughs> it was almost Hannibal bad for her. I oh, think. God, it was awful. It was yeah. just... Okay, so next, but um, my final verdict on next is... It's a decided thumbs Seriously, thumbs. don't watch it. Yeah. Um, if you want to... Sort of, the only way I would recommend it is if you watch the Netflix version, or not Netflix, uh, uh, Rift Tracks version of Next, is there which one? is pretty funny, yeah. Okay. And then the best joke in the entire thing is at the very end. You know how it rewinds, like right to the front, the like middle of the movie. Right. Uh, one of the guys says on on uh, Rift Tracks, he goes, "Okay, people, let's start this movie over again, and this time let's get it right." <laughs> it was like, thank you, yes. Somebody should have said that to Lee. Oh, God, Lee Tamahori. You know what, Lee Tamahori, you did a James Bond picture. You're the man. I've never done a James Bond picture. But <laughs> fucking whatever. Do better. <laughs> Do better. Be better director next time. Stupid director, be more better. Okay. All right. What wow. do you got? Uh, we have stop, exclamation point, or my mom will shoot. Your mom will shoot. Indeed. Um, otherwise, I will stop. <laughs> or wait, hold on, so, okay, whatever, anyway. I, this is, uh, this is oh, Sly God. Stallone's big thing into, like, the kind of kindergarten cop, like, I'm gonna do a funny movie, and yeah, people yeah. are gonna love it. It's sort of like Oscar. And I'm going to do it with a golden girl. Oh, God. 
Okay. <laughs> Playing the same character. On the gold, as from the Golden Girls. And she's yeah. got a big Colt 45. Okay, it's, you, it, you can't not it, love it. it. It'll kill. It'll kill in the <laughs> Midland, in the, in the Midwest. It'll kill in Des Plaines. It, exactly. <laughs> okay, so Phil, <laughs> fill us in on Stopper My Mom Will Shoot. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, Stabber, my mom will shoot. Sly Stallone plays an L.A. cop, you know, doesn't play by the rules, man. Ooh, obviously not. Indeed. And, uh, he's getting all nervous. He's, he's dating the, the chief of police or something. His captain, I don't know. And, uh, and he doesn't want his mom to visit, but she's on her way anyway. He lets the phone ring out like 178 times. <laughs> It's not funny as it sounds. Um, <laughs> it's totally not as funny as it sounds. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then, you know, she ruins his gun by cleaning it in the dishwasher. And so she decides to go buy an illegal one on the street. Oh, because you know what? convinced to buy an Uzi and then wish it witnesses like a gangland shooting. Right. <laughs> and so, so uh, detectiveness ensues. Detectiveness, even. Wow. In We're going all kinds of new phrases today. In which, of course, uh, uh, the mother uh, tags along with Sly Stallone on sure. his investigation. Obviously. Of because, course. you know what? If you're a cop and you're uh, you know, investigating a crime, you definitely want to have your 90-year-old mom tagging around with you. Exactly. I mean... You know, that just only helps. <laughs> you know? It would with me. Why wouldn't it? <laughs> so, uh, it's infamously terrible, and it is. Um, but it, it, it does border on that so bad it's funny, Mark. Yeah, but you know what, for me, that was one that was just so bad it was just bad. Like... It was right there. Like right. it could. There were so if many times. Taken it where, that notch further. Right. There were so many times where I'm like, just take it one step more, and it would have been funny. But it wasn't. Ugh. They were trying to go legit, and no. Yeah, and the thing is, it's like with a golden girl. Like, I mean, come on. For one, you know, honestly, you have the you have the whole setup. You got Sly Stallone. You got a golden girl. You got a cop movie. You got like. You got the whole thing. Like, it's right there to do it, you know? And it's it, it could be funny, but no, it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't. Sadly, it was not <laughs> at all. So, if you're ever in the mood for a totally, totally shitty hour and a half, watch like, Stop like, My Mom Will Shoot. Like, seriously, if you're really depressed or something, yeah. and then you want to, like, feel better about yourself, go... You know what? Sly Stallone actually did this movie. <laughs> no, you know. I mean, I can understand the logic. It was the no, age I, of twins and Kindergarten I, Cop, and Sly Stallone thought he had to get on that bandwagon. I totally get the logic of it. It I didn't totally work. do. It just, it was just such a, not a. It wasn't it, a good. Concept. It did not hit the mark. Yeah, to say the least. Hey, uh, hey, right. hey. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yeah so stop my mom will shoot um, I did think that uh, what's her name the old lady um, you know that woman um, <laughs> yes I, I thought she was fairly cute you She's, know she, she, she was playing Sophia from the Golden Girls it was the exact same character yeah totally 
But I mean, like I said, I thought she was she was cute. She, you know, she did what she was asked to do. Exactly. She showed up. She was kind of funny. Yeah, kind of funny. I mean, there's there's one cute scene at at the beginning where he stops by to like stop a guy from jumping, and like the guy goes in and she starts talking to him from on the microphone, and then he's arguing from her from the balcony, and they think he's gonna jump. It's yeah. kind of cute. Yeah. Well, but yeah, not quite. Not you know? quite enough. Right. It doesn't. Come on. It just never took it the extra mile. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, I, I was telling um, uh, one of the <laughs> listeners, which, you know, apparently the listeners just call me on my phone, but, um, uh, that uh, the Steven Seagal picture we talked about, the Glimmer Man. Of course. That took it right to where it needed to be. Exactly. And Stop or My Mom Will Shoot didn't quite get there. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, the, uh, the Glimmer Man was right where it should have been. Exactly. You know, it was so bad. <laughs> but the problem with that is, is that I don't think anybody knew that was that bad to like get right where they needed to be. You know what I mean? To be like this well, horrible picture. Steven Skull isn't exactly uh, <laughs> Orson Welles serious or something. You know, he's he's Mister. I'm gonna make a great movie. Oh I'm yeah. Kick some ass. But I don't <laughs> care if I gain sixty pounds. I'm still gonna <laughs> kick some ass. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think it's funny that it's like. It's 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 kind of a weird little uh, paradox that like that movie Stop or My Mom Will Shoot won't it, was it quite where it should have been to be into that category right. of the Glimmer Man uh-huh. you know but the Glimmer Man was totally not intentionally right there uh-huh. you know well that's that's how you have to get there I know you can't intentionally there's no way you can intentionally get to so bad it's good. Oh, it just yeah. has to fly off the rails. Right. And see, the thing is, is that there have been many movies that have tried right. to go that route where mm-hmm. it's so bad it's good. They never get there. Exactly. Because you have to just not know. You have to just be completely oblivious to it. You have to be like F. Marcus Gray or whatever the hell his name is that made The Glimmer Man, the director. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just be like, this is an awesome movie. <laughs> Steven Chagall, yeah. Keenan Ivory Land. Yeah, this is awesome. Uh, this is going to be great. <laughs> Bob Gunton. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Bob Gunton. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so. What else have I watched? What else have you watched, Phil? I watched uh, the, ten- uh, no, the score. The score. With Bobby De Niro and yep. Edward Norton. Yeah. And Odd movie. Bassett. Odd movie. And Marlon Brando. Yes, very odd movie to me. It's Frank Oz picture. I yes, which is weird because if anybody out there is listening that doesn't know who Frank Oz is, he was the voice of Kermit. <laughs> he was. I know. He was the voice of Kermit on, uh, you know, on, uh, like, he, well, he was the voice of Kermit and like and the, the voice of many, many other many of the Muppets. Yes. Yeah. So, but he directed this movie with Robert De Niro. Uh, Edward Brando. Norton and Marlon Brando. And Marlon Brando. Yeah. Was this Marlon Brando's last movie? I, I think it was. don't know if it was. Maybe. I think it was. Possibly. Okay, so anyway. Um, uh, so yeah, the plot line is pretty standard. Uh, Bobby De Niro plays Cat Burglar, who's doing the last job to get out with the girl. Get out of the life. Played by Angela Bassett. Um... For some reason, the movie is set in Montreal. Yeah. 
And there's a lot of talk about, you don't shit in your own, your own backyard. You can't be working in Montreal. And I'm like, what? what is there to steal in Montreal? <laughs> I know. Right? I'm like, it's Canadian land. Right? It's like, what are you going to steal, <laughs> the Stanley Cup? <laughs> but so, yeah, uh, Edward Norton has been undercover uh, infiltrating the Montreal Customs House to steal this scepter from, like, 15th century France. That was such bullshit, too, because it's like... <laughs> whatever. Okay, go ahead. Continue. I'll, I will make and, my point later. And Marlon Brando plays, like, the fixer who gets them together to, to get the plan going to, to steal this scepter, which is worth $30 million. Yeah. And so, yada, 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 hijinks ensue, things get stolen. People get betrayed, there's double crossing. Double, double, triple, quadruple crossing. Oh, yeah, totally. It's great. No, Um, but see, here's the thing that always pissed me off about that movie. Yes. Want to know why I'm I'm pissed off about that movie? Tell me why I'm pissed (laughs) off about that movie. Okay, you can never fucking sell that stupid thing. Okay, it was, a, you it was a scepter. Okay, Somebody fine. Somebody wants to have it in their basement. I don't oh care. Oh my god. Just really? to have it. Oh my god. It's not it's like... It's called the black market. Yeah. yeah, right. Okay, you got one guy that might want to fucking buy it. And, and so long like, as he's got 30 mil, you're good. <laughs> okay, point taken. <laughs> I, I will agree with you on that. All right. But... Here's the thing. Fucking De Niro, in that movie, he was supposed to be like this master criminal, right? Right. Okay. Well, Norton is supposed to be like the sort of like the hotshot youngster. Exactly. Right? Okay. Well, fucking De Niro, he like shows him up at the end. Uh-huh. And I'm like, honestly, if you were fooled by the like, uh, you know... The, the that was like trick the most, at the end. The most basic switcheroo ever. Oh my god, really? It's like, what are you, retarded? I mean, <laughs> look in the bag. Look in the fucking bag. I mean, yeah. spoiler alert. And I don't know. I mean, uh, what's his name was just doing the primal fear shtick playing it. Hello, bye bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, and he was supposed to be retarded, yeah, and he yeah. was like the janitor or whatever. Exactly. No, I, but I did actually like... I One thing I really actually did like about that movie was Marlon Brando, I thought, was... Even though he was probably just doing it because... Who knows, right? He had to like, pay the mortgage on the island. Right, right. But actually, I thought he was pretty good in that movie. Yeah, like, he was he, having fun. He actually... Gave a fairly believable performance. He was rolling into the room, giving a few lines, rolling back out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go eat a few more donuts. Oh, come (laughs) on. You guys, that was actually a really good impression. Anyway. um, But no, I thought he was good, you know? It's like, uh, you you sort of believe that, like, his house was, like, falling... uh, to pieces because he couldn't take care of it anymore. Right, right, yeah, yeah. You know, his pool um, was overgrown by vines or whatever. The yeah, yeah. Um, I, I gotta say, Angela Bassett. Really? Okay. She goes for it. You know, yeah. this is a pretty basic part. She plays the love interest, a stewardess, no less, who, want, who, who like, wants to commit to Robert De Niro, but doesn't like that he's got the life because she doesn't want to visit him behind thighs. Right, because I don't want to see you in jail. Yeah, exactly. Bobby. But she just, like, she's, and that was always her problem, is she's 
so declarative all the time. She's like, this is too much for me, man. And you're like, whoa, Angela. Whoa, okay. It's just a soft romantic scene, guy. Yeah, god damn, you know. You Tone it. Oh. Yeah, no, I thought it was, I really thought it was weird that they actually got her as, like, the love interest. I was like, really? Like, I mean, <clears throat> honestly, that part wouldn't need to be played by, like, this sort of real serious actor, no. you know? And it was odd to me that they got Angela Bassett. I mean, it's, make... an, it's a good pairing. She just goes overboard on the part. Well, right, but like one thing, and and maybe this I is mean, just me. I'll, I'll say this for Hollywood, it was a much better pairing because at least they weren't like forty years apart in age. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> well, the thing was too, though, is that for me, watching that movie, I never really bought into the fact that Robert De Niro was going to be dating, uh, you know, I was like, oh, I just don't buy it. Yeah. You know, and I get the fact that they kind of wanted to go, like, across, like, they wanted to sort of go against type, or mm -hmm. they didn't want to have just some blonde chick that was... Well, like, yeah, well, know. I think partly because the story was so, like ho-hum kind of seen it a dozen times before sure. that they felt like livening up livening it up in the casting kind of well With sure Charlie I mean I Brando and Angela Bass oh sure yeah no I totally get that I do and I think that it was I think that it was actually think, a fairly interesting in choice to have Angela Bass be yeah. uh, his love interest but at the same time I never totally bought it yeah you know what I mean yeah well I mean that's the movie too it's like it's fairly entertaining but you never really buy it. I mean, half the time you're like waiting for, this is my last time. I got to do this one to get out. Yeah, you know? and, and see, it's like, such a fucking cliche where it's like, I got to do the one last score to get out of the life. You know, so I can like, just own my jazz bar in Montreal. Right? Yeah, and it's like, what? I mean, come on. You know, if you've been doing these burglaries for forty years, you know. It's like you would have enough money. You don't have to do the one last score to just get it done with. I don't know. Nah. It's it's one of these ones where it's like a total cliche. And this kind of calls back to the to the uh Sagalapalooza mm -hmm. cast. Again. Where um, you know, you have all these cliches, you mm -hmm. know, and it's like, okay, you have this one cliche where it's like, I gotta do the the one last big score. Right, like, girlfriend doesn't want to visit me in jail. Right, okay. exactly. Oh, yeah. I got the I got the uh, the <laughs> young apprentice who wants to learn who's from the, the master. Who's the hotshot who wants to take more risks? You know, in you Montreal. Check. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, I mean, the score it's it's, it's, it's in fairly enjoyable. Just don't expect anything from it. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad movie. And to be honest with you, I think that Frank Oz. I mean, did a really respectable job with that movie. Indeed. You know, he, he made a decent movie out of, really, a script that was, if you Pretty just read standard. the script, would be like, really? Wow. Yeah. And how did they get fucking De Niro to do that movie? You mean Brando or De Niro? Either one. <laughs> Why not? He did, at the nearly the same time he was doing Rocky and Bullwinkle, Okay. That's true. This is that's, like yeah, good the, point. the steep downhill. Yeah, that's of, true. Of Bobby De Niro's. Career. You're right. You're right about that. Um, the other one I do want to talk about. Yes. And I don't. I don't want to get you on a roll here. 
But I did go uh, see the Twilight Saga Eclipse. Um, I have nothing to say right now. <laughs> I, you know, it was just one of those days you're hanging out with a friend and she's like, let's go see Eclipse. And I was like, okay, whatever. And so we went to see it. And I have to say that it is by far the best of those movies. Somebody, okay. uh, David Slade, the director, uh, 30 Days of Night, right? Um, actually got those three kids to act a little bit. Are you serious? Finally. Three really? movies in, and they're finally acting. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Wow. There's a, a little bit of genuine emotion in the movie. Um, oh my God, that woman! Now I will say that Kristen Stewart should still be uh, hung, oh. drawn, and quartered. Oh yeah, um, no, we've we've in the public in like you know Times Square that would be appropriate. Oh yeah, no, we we've uh, documented on the podcast how you feel about <laughs> Kristen Stewart. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, everybody else does a fairly uh, decent job. The action at the end is 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 well done. They, they benefit from having a more talented director, and uh, I can only say that it's uh, if it's the best of the bunch. Well, okay, that's hey, fair enough. You know what? I haven't seen it. I haven't. Uh, I probably won't see it. Yeah. But at the same time, I have, for whatever reason, seen the first two, and um, I will say that the second one is. Just exponentially better than the first one. <laughs> yes. The first one was just, oh, God. It was just horrendous. Yes. And the second one was... Just a bit bland. Less horrendous. It was bland. I think that's the best word. It was... Uh, Chris lots White of, is Lots of exactly shirtless a, guys and whatever. A stylistic whatever. director. Oh, know? yeah, yeah. You know, American Pie. And, yeah. Uh, gonna do a vampire movie. Anyway. Right. Know. But so, hey, you know what? Here's the thing. I will give a movie a chance, whether it's Twilight or not, but at the same time, I have seen the first two, Mm. and that sort of maybe colored my opinion a little bit, (laughs) you know what I mean? Well, I will say this, here's the thing, it's like, I realize it's from the book, but, um, thank you, Cat. Yeah, Um, the cat is going um, crazy here. But the love triangle goes to extremes in this movie. Like, there are times when you're like, wow... In real life, I think he'd be prosecuted for rape. (laughs) And you realize that Edward is like a 170-year-old virgin, and it's just kind of like weird sometimes. Well, see, here's the thing, though. It's like, this has always been the paradox with the Twilight stuff for me, is that, okay, basically the target audience is like 14-year-olds. Okay. Yes. Right. So, but... You're trying to sort of tackle these sort of adult issues, you know, we're in love and all this crap. Well, it's like, well, you know, as I said, you know, all this crap. But anyway, um, (laughs) so uh, Edward and what's her name? Bella? Yes. Okay. So they, they're in love, but they don't want to admit they're in love. And it's like, why not? You know, hey, you know what? If if I was, if I was in love with some chick, if I was in love with some chick... You know, that much that, like, after 150 years of being alive, I was like, oh, my God, you're the best woman ever. I would just be like, hey, get, you know, you're my girlfriend now. You know, I wouldn't be like, I don't want to be with you because it might be dangerous. It's like, oh, give me a fucking break. You know. Yeah. I don't know. I, as, as the stories progressed, especially after my, you know, 
Twi Hard friends have informed me what goes into the next book. Twi-hard? I'm like, really? Oh yes, that's the. Um, I've never term. heard that. Okay. Um, it gets more and more Mormon as the oh, story Lord. goes on. Oh, it, I mean, her like message of abstinence and all this stuff is so obvious. Oh, Jesus that it, Christ! It, it grates on my nerves sometimes. You know what, honestly... But that's what you get with major franchises written by Mormon housewives. Well, sure, but you know what the thing is? It's like, you know what, here's the the reason that uh, these 14-year-old, 15-year-old girls like this fucking book is that, like, oh, he's so hot. He's like the ultimate guy who won't fuck me because because he respects me. I mean... you know, and I'm not trying to be dis- disrespectful, but like, oh, sure. oh, I love being disrespectful. Whatever. Anyway, um, <laughs> but I mean, but that's the reason. It's like, oh, he's gonna be this guy who uh, loves me till the end of his days, but yet won't do anything because he respects me, and it's strong enough to protect me. Yeah, right. It's like, yada, give yada, me a yada. fucking break. You know what? Any guy that's strong enough to protect you and all this stuff is still going to want to fuck you. Eventually. Not after 150 <laughs> years. <laughs> at that point, I you're don't fucking know. done. With a, with a vampire, you know, at least you'll look the same as you did back then. True, yeah, but it, I wouldn't want to fuck Kristen Stewart after... I knew what was coming. <laughs> I don't care if she's 150 oh. years old. I still don't want to fuck her. <laughs> Ooh, sorry, that was oh, you're loud. spiking the mics there, dude. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, no. She's, she, she looks like she's basically been drugged the whole time. I think so. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my review of Eclipse is that it's certainly... It's not better <laughs> than the first two. <laughs> it's better than the first two. It's still nothing great. Yeah, yeah. It's still <laughs> Eclipse. Exactly. Or it's still Twilight. Twilight. Yeah. Anyway, so I think that's pretty much what we got for this week. I think so. Um, well, there was one other one. Wasn't there one other one? Let me see the list here. Hold on. Ah, you're creating all this schmutz. Lucas. Lucas. Let's do Lucas. Corin Haim, Charlie Sheen. Uh, who else? Um, shit. Jeremy Piven. I'm I'm la 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 Okay, you know what? My co-host wandered off. Yeah, yeah, was yeah, whatever. It wasn't Jeremy Piven, was it? Jeremy Piven is in that movie. Yes, really. And even at whatever age he was, he was already balding. He was like twelve years old. He was already balding. He was oh, he was in his twenties. Um and wasn't um. Oh, God, I want to say somebody like... Uh, Winona Ryder was in it. Yes, that's what I was thinking about. So, anyway, the story of Lucas. The story of oh, an outsider. This is such bullshit. Who's this is... friends with the jocks and the pretty girls. Oh, because God. they respect his intelligence. Because he's, and he's he... one of these kids that doesn't fit in because he's so underdeveloped. And Indeed. he's... Oh, because he's, he's so smart that he's leaped ahead a couple grades and he's... Just not as big as everyone else, and doesn't have as many social skills apparently. Um, and uh, this is one of these movies that. And really... of course, he falls in love with this girl who falls in love with Charlie, Charlie Sheen, 
Uh, he he falls the, in love with Charlie Sheen. He falls in love with this girl who falls in love oh, with Charlie okay. Sheen. Keep up, man. Sorry, I'm lagging yeah, behind you. Yeah, you're with that thing. I know, right? And it's not as dirty as it sounds. <laughs> um, but he, So Charlie Sheen's okay. on the football team, so Lucas decides, well, I want to have that girl. So he goes out for the football team, and drama ensues. I, I Somehow it just wasn't what I was expecting. It was... Far too self-serious for an 80s kids movie. This is one of those movies that actually... And, and I sort of have... This is one of those things that where I have a little bit of an issue with. Okay? This movie basically was saying that, um, you know, oh, this kid, you know, he's... Whatever he was, like, crippled or retarded or something. What? He, or was, just, a, he, was, so, he was very intelligent. He wasn't crippled or retarded. Whatever he was. He was, he was just one of those like kids that you were kicking the ass or something. Anyway. Um, I think so, you're admitting too much on uh, uh, well, you know, national quote-unquote <laughs> Right? Well, high school's <laughs> over. Fuck it, right? <laughs> anyway. Okay. The problem that I had with this movie is, is like, oh, you know, we all want to root for this kid. You know? He's... He's a, he's, a, he's a small kid. He's going out for the football team. He's got a big heart. It's like, you know what? Fuck you. You know what? There is no kid in the world that would go out for the football team, get his ass kicked like Lucas did, and then still say, Guys, I'm going to come out and play. It's like bullshit. You know, I don't know. One of the things I like about movies is that they don't represent real life, uh, right? Uh. But Lucas, for one of the, it was like you. They wanted you to root for this kid way, way, way too much. Indeed, you know, it was, this it kid felt, would get. In this, some ways, it felt a lot like an after-school special. Oh, totally. Accepting those different from you. Well, and the thing was, is that honestly, and I don't and know. Then at the end, they give him the letter jacket, and you're like, yeah. oh, oh, tear, yeah. Oh, I'm fucking tearing up. No, but like honestly, in in real life, that was the kid that would have a fucking, you know, footprint in his ass. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, and I'm not trying to be a dick about it, but it's like you know, but come you on. Are. Well, you know, that's the character I play on this podcast. <laughs> but no, I mean, really, because. You know, great. You know, I root for the underdog, whatever. It's like, I watched we Rocky We all love three. Rudy. Rudy. Fucking A, right? But that one was just way too... It was It was too... It was too much of an extreme. Yeah. Of, like, the underdog, you know, making it or whatever. Yeah, I know what you mean. And it's like... And I remember, I, I'm just thinking about it, because I watched it mostly because it was one of my friends in high school's, like, all-time favorite movie. Really? And I think that, like, having now seen the movie years later, I'm like, I think it's because he identified with Lucas. Oh, totally. I and mean, I'm sure a lot of people did. I think so, but I, I, I think that's a bit schmaltzy. I mean, the movie certainly is. Oh, yeah. I just, the thing that, the, the thing that irritates me about that movie and it's the same thing with like um oh god what's the movie I'm thinking of now I don't remember anyway <laughs> whatever some other sports movie uh huh um but the thing that irritates me about that is it's like there is no way in hell that 
the jocks would like carry him off the field, give him the letter jacket and be like, whatever. And it's like, okay, we all want to think that that's what people would do. Right. But it's not going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Maybe I'm just a little more cynical. No, I, I, but I think that's true. I think in a lot of ways, the social constraints of high school uh, far outweigh what is nice. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, and like I said, it's like we all want to think that that would happen. Yeah, it'd be nice if it did. But yeah, but it's, it's not, not gonna. gonna. Yeah. I don't oh, know. well, then there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, Lucas. I don't Lucas, know. yeah, not so Too much. self-serious, not a great 80s kid's it's one of those ones where, for me, it's like one of those 80s movies where it's like, okay, everybody remembers it, but it's not as good as people remember it being. Pretty much. You know, because a lot of people are like, oh, Lucas was the awesome, you know, whatever. No, not so much. No. Okay. So, on that note, um, basically saying not so awesome, Yeah. we're going to sign off. Okay. All right. So, you can um, reach us at... Can you FBI at gmail.com and uh, find us on iTunes? Find us on iTunes. Find Podcast us on podcastmachine.com. Podcast 1492. We still haven't changed that picture. Why would we? I don't know. It's iconic. You goddamn right it is. All right, <laughs> Phil. Take us out, man. Can you fucking believe it?